Good morning and welcome back to Faith FM Breakfast Show. Yes, we wish we could be eating breakfast. Nah, I'm <laughs> kidding. Yeah, I'm drinking it. I've already eaten breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. It is, do you know what? It's quite cold at the moment. It could be because I'm not wearing shoes, but I do wish I could put some shoes on. Well, we can turn the heater on, Mon. It's just because it's off because you yeah. walked to work and you got hot. Do you know what I want to do? I just I don't want to turn the heater on. I just want to get on a plane and fly to the other side of our globe and just be in the summer on the other side oh, of the planet. Oh, don't That's tell me I that. Do. I've got so many of my <laughs> friends that are like traveling at the moment overseas, like hey, in too. Canada. Me and too. My grandparents just got to London because they're going to Iceland today to visit my new cousin. Oh. And I'm just like, guys, I want to be over there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how, how to fix winter blues? Canada, Iceland, London, Just America, other side of the planet, and enjoy summer. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Actually, our, our other producer Marta is on a big European yeah. trip. And uh, I've been watching her Instagram and it, yeah, it looks amazing. See, everyone's over there, Mon. She's we like just need to get London. on the plane. Yeah. yeah. She's in all these like museums. She was in Paris. Now she's in London. And like, oh. oh. And that balmy European summer. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, speaking of Instagram, I've already put all the clues up for our quiz. What? <laughs> all of them? All of them. No way. Uh, if you want to check it out, you can jump on our Instagram. Uh, our handle is Live, and you can look at the Insta story, which lasts for 24 hours. Then it's gone forever, and uh, and you will see. I have uh, put up all the clues for the what city am I quiz. Actually, maybe we should give them another clue now. I think we should. If you have put them all up on Instagram, I think our listeners deserve another clue as well. Mm-hmm. Okie dokie. So this is the clue that just went up on Instagram, plus all of the other ones. It <laughs> is number three. This city used to be called Luz. L U Z. I have no idea what that is. But apparently it's a city in the Bible. So um, go do some research if you'd like and give us a call on 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669 or send us a message on Instagram if you've looked at all of those clues on Insta um, as to what you think the answer of this quiz is and we will send you a prize. We'll send you a positively different prize because this is positively different radio. There you go. Look, I, I've just I've just grabbed my phone now, Taryn. I've not only shared it on Instagram, I've also shared all the clues on Facebook and Twitter. Oh, <laughs> perfect. There we go. <laughs> Too easy. Well, we have come time for our Bible study, our encounter with God. And this is actually very exciting because we've been studying some really heavy themes, um, some awesome imagery for the last few weeks, and we are continuing that. Yesterday, we started on... On Armageddon. We did. Not the movie. No. All the movies that have no. the Armageddon themes. Yeah. We're actually talking about um, in Revelation where it actually talks about Armageddon. And uh, we looked there at Revelation 16, 16. Maybe you should read that again. Just uh, that mention there of Armageddon. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't know much about um, the book of Revelation. Um, but this one image or this one word that has reached popular culture by far is Armageddon. And this is where it comes from. Mm. Revelation chapter 16, verse 16 says, And they gathered them together to the place called in Hebrew Armageddon. Yeah. So yeah, there it is. The gathering of the beast and the dragon and the false prophet. And now there are like a, 
so many different beliefs as to what Armageddon is, mm. how it's going to take place, how it's all going to come to an end. I think the general belief is that Armageddon is a final massive intergalactic kind of battle yeah. and uh, and that's going to determine the end of the world basically. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And um, But like where on the planet does it take place though? Yeah, you have all different kinds of variations of this. So, you know, you have the, the one where they have the, um, the a literal army that comes from Asia and it goes into northern Israel. And there's apparently supposed to be 20 million uh, in this army and they have a battle on this little field of Megiddo. Okay. Which is apparently, so, according to Lyle, who's been there, it's just yeah. big enough to have. You know, yeah, I was going to say, so like yeah. 20 million people on this tiny little field. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Don't know how. They're not sure how that's going to work. Squished in like sardines. Cool, cool. But yeah, so may, maybe it's not. Maybe that's not how it's going to be. But we spoke about yesterday about, um, you know, what we can learn about Armageddon. And we talked about especially the symbolic power of it and how mm-hmm. Armageddon, you know, it is it is a, a battle between good and evil. It's a battle between Christ and Satan. Yeah. And because it is spiritual warfare, then the plunders, of course, are spiritual. And, yeah. And, and what's being fought over is us. It's our hearts. It's our minds. Yeah. And we need to make, you know, Armageddon is can be happening personally inside of us every day. We need to keep mm. choosing between Christ and Satan. Yeah. And um, and so if you are deliberating and trying to decide and you're having that Armageddon in your heart, then we definitely encourage you to choose God because we've looked at Babylon. We looked at uh, earlier this week and last week we looked mm. at Babylon and what Babylon represented as a symbol in the Bible. And we looked at uh, what, a, what a terrible place it is mm. and what a terrible yeah. future it will have. Yeah. And how we don't want to be choosing that. Yeah, and how the doctrines of it and, and what it stands for mm-hmm. just isn't – it's just the complete opposite of God. Yeah. And and Jesus, you know, Jesus – we also looked at how Jesus encourages us with the gospel message, um, both about, you know, the promises of his coming and also the need to be covered in his righteousness um, – so, we, we, you know, this really is a spiritual battle and we need yeah. to remember that. So we're going to have a look at something very interesting. Today we're going to have a looking at Armageddon and Mount Carmel. Yeah, I thought this was a really interesting correlation that they've got here in this Bible study guide, mm-hmm. that they're correlating Armageddon with Mount Carmel. Why Why did they think to link the two of them together? I think we're going to find out. I think we are too. Do you know, actually, uh, I went to I went to two different high schools, but my first one was called Carmel College. Ah, so, there yeah. you go. In Sydney, right? No, no? Perth. Oh, Perth. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And nowhere near the Middle Eastern. <laughs> Carmel. Well, that's good. <laughs> Which is a shame. I would have really enjoyed that. Yeah. So let's take a look at Armageddon and Mount Carmel. Do you know any significance of Mount Carmel? Like what was Mount Car- what was happening in Mount Carmel in the Bible? Is that where Elijah went up and um, the prophets of Baal and they had this yes. big standoff and yes. there was fire? Oh, don't tell us. Okay, too okay, much okay. Too okay. Much. <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, we are, we're going to have a look. What exactly is this great battle of Armageddon? So first of all, the name uh, seems to mean Mountain of Megiddo. However, there's actually no mountain in the area known as Megiddo. But Mount Carmel was located in the vicinity. Oh, is that how they've mm. linked them? So they think that um, mm. it was a misunderstanding. Well, some scholars have seen the phrase Mountain of Megiddo as a reference to Mount Carmel. Oh, okay. Radio. Yeah. But more to the point, uh, Bible students have seen the story of Elijah and the false prophets of Baal that you were just talking about at Mount Carmel as a symbol, and kind of like a type to what is going to unfold in Revelation chapter 13. Well, there was false prophets 
mm-hmm. uh, like we just read in chapter mm-hmm. 16. Yeah. Um, do, should we read the story of Elijah and the, and the false prophets of Baal? I think we might I think need we to should. Uh, look that up just because people might not actually know what that story is. And it is such a good story. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Um, so first, first Kings, I believe so. Yep. Chapter 18. Yep, First and Kings 18, verses 1 through to 18. Do if you've got your Bibles, turn with us. Um, however, if you're driving, please keep your eyes on the road and your hands on the steering wheel. However, if you're sitting around eating breakfast and you've got your phone or your Bible next to you, read along with us. This is a really good story. Oh, yeah, this is yeah. a really good story. You're not going to want to miss this one. So, First Kings chapter 18, verses 1 through to 18. Go ahead. Do you want me to read it or do you want to read it? Oh, you can read it if you want, Mom. Okay, sure, I'll read it if you want. Yeah, it's a good go story. For it. Okay, the contest on Mount Carmel. Later on, in the third year of the drought, the Lord said to Elijah, Go and present yourself to King Ahab. Tell him that I will soon send rain. So Elijah went to appear before Ahab. Meanwhile, the famine had become very severe in Samaria. So Ahab summoned Obadiah, who was in charge of the palace. Now, Obadiah was a devoted follower of the Lord. So once when Jezebel had tried to kill all of the Lord's prophets, Obadiah had hidden 100 of them in two caves. He put 50 prophets in each cave and supplied them with food and water. Ahab said to Obadiah, We must check every spring and valley in the land to see if we can find enough grass to save at least some of my horses and mules. So they divided the land between them. Ahab went one way by himself and Obadiah went another way by himself. As Obadiah was walking along, he suddenly saw Elijah coming toward him. Obadiah recognized him at once and bowed low to the ground before him. Is it really you, my lord Elijah, he asked. Yes, it is, Elijah replied. Now go and tell your master, Elijah is here. Oh, sir, Obadiah protested. What harm have I done to you that you are sending me to my death at the hands of Ahab? You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. For I swear by the Lord your God that the king has searched every nation and kingdom on earth from end to end to find you. And each time he was told, Elijah isn't here. King Ahab forced the king of that nation to swear to the truth of his claim. And now you say, go and tell your master Elijah is here. But as soon as I leave you, the spirit of the Lord will carry you away to who knows where. And when Ahab comes and cannot find you, he will kill me. Yet I have been a true servant of the Lord all my life. Has no one told you, my Lord, about the time when Jezebel was trying to kill the Lord's prophets? I hid a hundred of them in two caves and supplied them with food and water. And now you say, go and tell your master Elijah is here. Sir, if I do that, Ahab will certainly kill me. But Elijah said, I swear by the Lord Almighty, in whose presence I stand, that I will present myself to Ahab this very day. So Ahab went to tell, sorry, so Obadiah went to tell Ahab that Elijah had come, and Ahab went out to meet Elijah. When Ahab saw him, he explained, So is it really you, you troublemaker of Israel? I have made no trouble for Israel, Elijah replied. You and your family are the troublemakers, for you have refused to obey the commands of the Lord and have worshipped the images of Baal instead. 
Now summon all Israel to join me at Mount Carmel, along with the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah, who were supported by Jezebel. So Ahab summoned all the people of Israel and the prophets to Mount Carmel. When Elijah stood in front of them and said, How much longer will you waver, hobbling between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. But the people were completely silent. Then Elijah said to them, I am the only prophet of the Lord who is left, but Baal has 450 prophets. Now bring two bulls. The prophets of Baal may choose whichever one they wish and cut it into pieces and lay it on the wood of their altar, but without setting fire to it. I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood of the altar, but not set fire to it either. Then call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord God. And the God who answers by setting fire to the wood is the true God. And all the people agreed. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, You go first, for there are many of you. Choose one of the bulls and prepare it and call on the name of your God, but do not set fire to the wood. So they prepared one of the bulls and placed it on the altar. Then they called on the name of Baal from morning until noontime, shouting, O Baal, answer us. But there was no reply of any kind. Then they danced, hobbling around the altar they had made. Around noontime, Elijah began mocking them. You'll have to shout louder, he scoffed, for surely he is a god. Perhaps he is daydreaming or he is relieving himself on the toilet. Or maybe he is away on a trip. Or is asleep and needs to be wakened. So they shouted louder, and following their normal custom, they cut themselves with knives and swords until the blood gushed out. They raved all afternoon until the time of the evening sacrifice, but still there was no sound, no reply, no response. Then Elijah called to the people, Come over here. They all crowded around him as he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been torn down. He took 12 stones, one to represent each of the tribes of Israel, and he used the stones to rebuild the altar in the name of the Lord. Then he dug a trench around the altar large enough to hold about three gallons. He piled wood on the altar, cut the bull into pieces, and laid the pieces on the wood. Then he said, Fill four large jars with water and pour the water over the offering and the wood. After they had done this, he said, do the same thing again. And when they were finished, he said, now do it a third time. So they did as he said, and the water ran around the altar and even filled the trench. At the usual time for offering the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and prayed, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, prove today that you are a God in Israel and that I am your servant. Prove that I have done all this at your command. O Lord, answer me. Answer me so these people will know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have brought them back to yourself. Immediately the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young bull, the wood, the stones and the dust. It even licked up all the water in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell down on the ground and cried out, The Lord, he is God. Yes, the Lord is God. Then Elijah commanded, seize all the prophets of Baal. Don't let a single one escape. 
So the prophet, so the people seized them all, and Elijah took them down to the Kishon Valley and killed them there. Woo! Whoa! That's a story and a half. Yeah. And I need a drink of water. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we are going to start by looking at the first part of that story because there's so much in there that we can draw out. Um, it's an amazing, amazing story. So if, dear listener, you want to um, go back and read that again, if Mon read that too fast or you jumped halfway through, go check out First Kings chapter 18 and have a little read about this story because we're going to be discussing it both today and tomorrow a bit as well. So, Mon, yes, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. Firstly, who's our main character in this story? Tell us a little bit about Elijah. Well, we have Elijah. He is a, is a genuine, true prophet of God okay so he's doing the Lord's will he's prophesying he's you know taking care of God's people in doing his bidding basically and the beginning of the story we find out that he's actually been hunted by the evil king Ahab and uh, and by Ahab's horrible wife Jezebel horrible wife if you're wondering why Jezebel is a name that has bad connotations this is actually where it comes yeah from. this story so Jezebel was a horrible evil queen and this this is where where the, mm. the name comes from yeah and so there's this other guy in there called Obadiah now I'm on mm. just a little interesting fact did you know that the name Obadiah means the Lord's servant Oh, really? Yeah, oh, it does. That? Yeah. That's it, very nice. Does that fit his character? Oh, absolutely. Mm. He was, he, we learned he was a really nice guy. He, mm-hmm. You know, he was taking saving prophets' lives. Yeah. yeah. So he was actually like similar to the position of a prime minister Yeah. to King Ahab, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So um, even though he was like second-hand man to the king, mm-hmm. um, he was still doing his part in his position of power to serve God mm-hmm. in any way that he could. And one of those ways was that he went and um, saved the prophets of God and put them in up in caves and gave them bread and water, right? Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty cool that, you know, even though um, he could have been killed oh, absolutely. for yeah. what he was doing, if Ahab or Jezebel found out what he was doing, mm-hmm. off with his head. <laughs> <laughs> but this is important. Like, it doesn't matter how high up you are. You have to stay true to, to God. Exactly stay true to your right. beliefs. You have to stick. You know, this is what it means to be a person of integrity. Yeah. And a person of influence. You yeah. Know, God it doesn't matter if you're the be. prime minister or, yeah. or like how big the rewards might be. Mm-hmm. You know, when you stay true to God. Yeah. That's it. So, yeah. So, that's what's going on here. So, um, those are our key players. And yeah. Then we, you know, we had the people of Israel who yeah. are our spectators who mm-hmm. are who are being asked to make a decision. Yes. This is like an Armageddon for them, like yeah. a micro Armageddon for uh-huh. them. They're being asked, you know, choose yeah. you today. Who's it going to be? And what's going on? Like, what's going on with the the land at this time? There's a massive drought. Uh-huh. Massive drought. Which in turn has caused famine. Uh, yeah, famine yeah. and people are starving. People are dehydrated. Yeah. Which is interesting when they pour all that water on the altar and they saturate it three times. Like, where do they get all that water from? Well, it would have been like, the last yeah. of their water, right? The reserves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, that in itself is a very interesting yes. message. Indeed. Mm. Yeah, but let's not go there too No, fast. let's, let's yeah. uh, stick to the first mm-hmm. little part first. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how do you think Obadiah would have felt when Elijah ran up to him? 
I think maybe a mixed emotion reaction. Yeah. yeah. Maybe like, like, oh, wow. It's, oh, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's looking for you. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> if my boss knew that yeah. I'd seen you. Exactly. <laughs> and then Elijah goes and asks him, you know, hey, can you go back to your boss and let him know that I want to have a chat yeah. right here that you've seen me? And he's like, oh, but I'm going to get killed. <laughs> I love Obadiah's response. Yeah. Like, he's like, how have I sinned against yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> like, what have I done to make you hate me that you yeah. want me to? die because this is what was happening to all the other, other kings and leaders like exactly anytime one of them reported to ahab well hey i saw elijah yeah and then they and then they, ahab turns up and's like okay where is he and they yeah. can't find him anymore because the lord spirited him away off with their head off with their head. yeah he was an absolute despot mm-hmm. with, you know, terrible temper problem that's exactly right so these are the characters that we're dealing with of course we have the 450 prophets of baal the false prophets the confusing mm-hmm. uh deceptive kind of prophets that you would of course expect to find on the wrong side of the team um we're gonna have a look a bit more at what else is happening in this incredible story stay tuned this is ben and noel with i am yours beautiful song check it out
Good morning and welcome back to Faith FM's Breakfast Show. You're here with Mon and Tara. Mm-hmm. I'm here. Looking at this crazy occurrence on Mount Carmel. But before we jump mm. back into that, Taryn, give us another clue for this. What city am I in? Okie dokie. This has been a tough quiz, Mon. Like, I'm not surprised that people haven't called in for this one. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't, I wouldn't have known what the answer well, was. Well, people if have I called in, but they haven't got no Yeah, that's yet. true. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Okay. So the next clue is it was here that Jacob used a stone as a pillow. Its name begins with a B for oh. Bob. B for Bob. Yeah. So I, I think that that's an easier clue, but the ones before that have been pretty tricky. Mm-hmm. Mm. Have you ever used a stone for a pillow? Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Even in Pathfinders, no. I, I would take my clothes. I, I did, I'd like I, scrunch my clothes up. And oh, use yeah, that as yeah, a pillow. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I did try it once, not for a whole night or anything, but I just sort of like laid down on the ground in the middle of the day and was like, oh, I wonder if this works and like tried it. And, and how'd it, it go does. for you? Yeah, not good. Yeah, not nah. Good. You, I mean, mm-hmm. provided you can get the shape right, like for yeah. a moment it's comfy. Uh-huh. But then after a few minutes it just mm. becomes decidedly uncomfy. Yeah. But yeah, if you know surprised. where it was that, that um, is it Jacob's right? Jacob. Yeah, yes. Jacob. Um, tried to, well he must have succeeded slept he must have been yeah. so tired yeah. yeah fleeing from his brother i mean i feel like if you're walking all day back in those days mm-hmm. like because mm-hmm. you walk everywhere and I he feel was like, stressed out and anxious yeah he'd done i think he'd just sleep anywhere yeah, just knocked out mm. if you know where it was that he slept where he used that rock for a pillow give us a call um tell us the name of that city you will win the prize the number is 1-800-324-843 that's 1-800-FAITH-FM Text 0491 uh, if you prefer texting instead of talking. Mm. It's all good to us. Okay, so let's have a look. We just read out um, 1 Kings chapter 18, most of it anyway, uh, talking about this amazing, just incredible mini Armageddon, we want to call it, that happened on Mount Carmel where – uh, the horrible king Ahab and his wife Jezebel uh, turned up with a, a 400 and f- sorry not Jezebel she was at home I think yeah 450 um, of the prophets of Baal false prophets of the f- you know false god mm-hmm. Baal and um, and they danced and cut themselves and yeah. tried to get you know their their altar to to set on fire mm-hmm. um, but nothing ever happened no and then we read about how uh, Elijah. The only true prophet of God left, you know, hidden away from by with the help of Obadiah, another true servant of the Lord. They built an altar as well, exact same altar, but then they drenched it, absolutely saturated it with water three times. And they called the name of the Lord one time, didn't have to shout and dance and rave and carry on. Called the name of the Lord one time and the Lord um, sent fire from heaven and consumed the entire thing, including all the water in the trench around it, licked it all up and said... So we have this amazing occurrence and, uh, and you know, we look at this as a symbol, as a type to what's going to unfold in Revelation yeah, 13. So as we saw yesterday, you know, Revelation 16, 13, uh, with its reference to the dragon, the beast, the false prophet, it points back to events in Revelation 13, which is the uh, counterfeit trinity, um, which we saw a few weeks ago. Um, so issues in Revelation 13, they start to come to a climax in verses 13 and 14 um, when the second beast performs supernatural acts, uh, even making fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of man. So don't think that just because back then on Mount Carmel, um, you know, the Lord's sending fire from, from heaven and burning up this altar uh, in a sign um, is going to be a sign at the end times. If you see fire magically appearing, 
don't automatically presume that that is God. That's right. Because, yeah. you know, the devil can work um, work wonders yeah. as well. Uh, so these And these events then lead, you know, in direct uh, confrontation between God and Satan as well as um, those between worshipping the true God and worshipping the image to the beast. Mm-hmm. So but the Mount Carmel really was, it really distinctly was uh, like a foreshadow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was a, a. That's a really good word for it. Yeah, it was a pattern. It was a type. It was yeah. like, see what happened there. This is what's going to happen here. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Much exactly, and the Bible works like this often. You know, we looked at Babylon uh, last week. We looked at how Babylon, the ancient city, is. You know, we say, look at what happened back there at Babylon. Same mm. thing's going to happen over here. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a foreshadow. So, yeah, yeah. And and you know, in many ways, what we see here on this Mount Carmel occurrence is is a stark portrayal of the Great Controversy. Mm. Um, in the, in this cosmic conflict, this yeah. you know, this Armageddon between yeah. Christ and Satan. And Elijah states the issue very plainly in verse, uh, I think it was verse 18. Um, people have forsaken God's laws and are worshipping and following false gods. Yeah, that's it. And has this not always been the issue? I mean, regardless mm. uh, you know, of the endless forms and the way in which this, if, ish, uh, this evil has been manifested throughout history, this is, this is an ongoing, continuous issue with us humans. Mm. We always end up following uh, false gods. Mm. You know, and it doesn't necessarily mean that we, oh, we have to be worshipping something called Baal or worshipping some wooden statue. Yeah. I mean, certainly that's a form it takes, but sometimes we just worship ourselves. Or that's we worship exactly right. food, we worship money, yeah. or we worship you know, pornography and illicit sex. Whatever it is that yeah. we put before God yeah. becomes a false god. Exactly. It becomes the, the, the reigning uh you know force in our life and all those things basically are a form of worshiping the devil mm. unless you're worshiping god whatever is in its place is a is just something that points to the devil yeah that's it so <clears throat> we're you know yeah yeah so we, we really are we, we really are either worshiping him who made heaven and earth and the seas and the springs of water which is revelation fourteen seven, um or we're worshiping someone or something else and in revelation 13 instead of worshiping the lord People were were worshiping the beast and and his image, and there is no middle ground. People really need to understand that there is no middle ground. Default is the devil. You know, we're either on the side of God or we're on the side of Satan, and that's how important the issues um, at stake are, especially now, um, and especially then in the Battle of Armageddon, um, where we will see further on in the story of Mount Carmel the distinction. Um, it actually becomes very clear. You know, Tarrant, have you ever? I know that sometimes, you know, you know, every morning we need to be mm. doing our devotions. We need yeah. to be talking to God. We need to be choosing him actively. That's it. But, you know, so I know that sometimes we get caught up in life. We yeah. get busy. You know, we're yeah. like, oh, I need to get out of bed. I've overslept. I need yeah. to jump out of bed. And sometimes you let it slide and it becomes a habit to mm. not do it. You've been there, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. We've all been there. Yeah. But this is this is where Armageddon is being sneaky, where this is, you know, it's sneaking into our lives to yeah. disconnect us with God. Often we think that worshiping a false god is like a is like a like a flicking a switch, like it's mm. the one or the other. But it can be a gradual sneaking yeah. compromise, a sneaking change, um, where we've been, you know, spending time with God, mm. and then you know, slowly we're a little bit less, yeah. a little bit less sleeping. So how do we get back there, Mon? Same way you always get back there. You got to ask. You got to ask God for forgiveness mm. that you haven't spent time with Him, that you haven't been choosing Him every day, yeah. haven't been praying to Him. Ask Him to forgive you. Ask Him to help you back there, and spend every single morning, every day, spend time mm. with Him in Word, in, in the Word of God, in the in the Bible, yeah, and in prayer. 
and uh, and that way we'll be creating this habit yeah. of choosing him daily, spending time That's with it. him daily. Because you know, um, we we looked at you know last week and the week before that at the mark of the beast and the seal mm. of God and how um, some people are just just you know having the mark of the beast through action and not through thought. And we need to be uh, when we get to that point where we have to make this decision known and and we might be persecuted. We don't want to have to be like oh. I'll wait until that point and then I'll make my decision. Yeah, that's it. We're going to be making the decision every day. Yeah. So when we get there, it's already a habit and we can just continue yeah. on. Yeah, that's it. Because sometimes we don't feel like it, do we, Mon? Yeah. We don't mm-hmm. feel like getting up that hour earlier to spend some time with Jesus. Yeah. But, you know, when we when we discipline ourselves to do it and when we ask for God's help, you know, he will help us to do mm. it. And then, you know, it becomes that habit and it becomes something that we love doing because we love spending time with our best friend. Yeah. My, I, my friend has a fridge magnet that says when it's hardest to pray, pray hardest. Yeah. So when we don't Beautiful. feel like it, that's when we need to be more than anything, spending time in prayer, spending time communing with God. So when we get to Armageddon, when we have Armageddon, we can survive. We'll be looking a bit more at Armageddon later. Uh, tomorrow, this is Joanna Martino Beasley with Bleeding Saviour.
This is Faith FM's Breakfast Show with Mon and Taryn. Hey, Taryn, hit us another clue for that quiz. Okay, this is the last clue for the day, and it's a what city am I? So Mm. think of your biblical cities. Um, I don't think this city is around today, is it, Mon? I think it is, actually. Oh, okay, there you go. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, so this city is... um, we're seeing a lot of Jacob reoccurring in this these clues. So, this is another clue, the last clue for the day. Jacob was in this city when he had a dream where a stairway or a ladder reached to heaven and he was climbing it. Oh. Yeah. How about that? Do you know what that one was? Uh, I do, but Good. I can't say it on air. Let's see if anyone else knows. So, yeah. give us a call on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's one 800 or send us a text on 0491-064-669 if you think you know the answer. Okay, I just looked it up. I think it might still exist, but under a different name. Okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So I, know, I know a bunch of people who have traveled to where that city was or used to be. Uh-huh. Or, yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. There you go. Well, Mon, yes. it is now time for the question of the day. Yeah. So I have a question for yes. you. We were just talking about um, how important it is to do our devotions every mm-hmm. day and mm-hmm. keep in touch with Jesus by reading our Bibles. Mm-hmm. Mon, what happens if we just don't have time to read our Bible? Like, mm. what if we don't have time to read our Bible? Yes. Okay. Not having time to read the Bible. Let me answer that one for you. Um if we're not reading the Bible and spending time with God, I want to be really frank with you now, and I don't want to offend anyone, but this is a symptom of a larger problem. Yeah. Um, you know, and, 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 and it's, simp- it's as simple as this. You know, we prioritize what we want to prioritize. Mm. And if you're not prioritizing God and time in the Bible, it, you need to put God back in his proper place. Yeah. He needs to be priority number one. If you're anyone who says, I don't have time to read the Bible, I bet you that time, that person has time to eat food in the day. <laughs> I bet you that yep. time that person has time to check their phone throughout the day. Mm-hmm. They have time for almost everything else, mm-hmm. all the other essentials. Um, you know, and because and they, but they might say, "Oh, but eating food's different. If I don't eat food, I'll die." But if you don't spend time with God, you will mm. die the eternal death. That's and it. this is what we want to avoid. We we want to avoid that you know, when we get to Armageddon, when we we get to like issues of the mark of the beast and the seal of God. We mm. want to we want to choose the side of life. Yeah, we don't want to choose the side of death. That's right. We need to stay grounded in God's word. We need to stay, um, you know, hidden in His love. And the only way we can do that is by continuing a relationship with him Mm. what happens if your husband or your wife your partner spouse girlfriend boyfriend whoever you know he says to you you know what honey i I don't have time to prioritize you anymore so i'm just not going to communicate with you at all anymore and then just completely shuts off and ignores you and goes to the day eats their food takes their kids to the the school you know does the laundry goes to work whatever and never communicate. You would have a complete breakdown of a yeah, relationship. That's you it. need to prioritize, you know, your, your relationship with your spouse to make, to have it to have it exist. Mm. And it's the same way we need to prioritize um, time with God. Yeah. So we do need to put, you know, put Him first and let everything else fall into place behind mm-hmm. it. And I know that this can be difficult, but do you know what? If you if you're looking at like a 24 hour time schedule and there's like no no pockets of time left, you need to cull. Yeah, you need to chop something right. out. You know, yeah. maybe, maybe if you have kids, maybe they can do one less activity. They're not going to die. If you don't, you know, genuinely, if you don't have time to pray and read the scriptures, you are busier than God ever intended you to be. I agree. So keep that in mind. Are you busier than God needs you to be? God wanted you to be. 
Spend time with him. It is the way to survive. Stay tuned. We've got more great programming. Is forgiveness or the lack of forgiveness eating away at you? A relationship breakdown maybe, long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au. Oh 
Welcome back to Faith FM's breakfast show. We're at the end of our breakfast show, which means we're next coming up is lunch. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, this is our freebie giveaway time of the day, which I love to do. And today we have actually picked out, well, Taryn has picked out a very suitable. I thought it related quite yeah, well, Mon. It's really on point. Mm. So uh, since we're talking about, you know, we all experience personal Armageddon in our lives and we all need to be choosing Jesus daily. Yeah. And we had the question about... Um, you know, I don't. What to do if you don't have time to read the Bible? Yeah. What happens if we don't have time to read? the yeah, Bible? Yeah, but we do have time to read, them and we need to make time to yeah. read the Bible. Do you know Matthew six twenty four says, "No one can serve two masters, for either mm. he'll hate the one and love the other, for he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and Mammon. Mammon That's it. being, being like a, a symbolic money slash anything else yeah. that comes in front of anything God. else. So like, mm. you need to worship him not just in word but in deed. Yeah, uh, not just saying you're a Christian but being a Christian. And so what is this? How's this book going to help me? This book is going to help you because this book is called Personal uh, Steps to Personal Revival: Being Filled with the Holy Spirit by Helmut Halbil. This is one of the most famous books about having um, personal revival in your life. Uh, he, he, this is an incredible book. This book is so popular. Um, at the bookstore, when you go there, they have like such a huge stack of these because people come in for them all the time oh, and they perfect. keep selling out. So this is a very popular book. I've put a picture of it up on all our social media feeds if you want to have a look at it. Steps to Personal Revival, um, Being Filled with the Holy Spirit by Helmut Heibiel. Uh, he's a German fella. I actually just bought this book in German just today. Oh, there you yeah. go. It's sent so, from Germany. If you want it, give us a call. Be the first person to call in on 1-800-FAITH-FM. 1-800-324-843 or send us a text on 0491-064-669. It is completely free. We'll send it to you anywhere. Thanks for joining us on the show this morning. We, of course, will be back tomorrow morning after the 7 o'clock news. Stay tuned for more great programming. And if you would like to know more about the Bible, if you have a question you want to ask us, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. We love to hear from you. Have a grateful day.
grains of sand cannot be measured, nor could I number the stars above.
Bring your tithe Into the storehouse And you lay your offerings At his feet Jesus He offered up His life for thee For in giving There is blessing See